Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I am Athlete Tonight. Welcome back to I Am Happy Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my squad, Auntie Chantel Trimeter and Omar Kelly. And the Ravens last night took it to the Bucks and won 27 to 22. Now, Lamar Jackson threw for 238 yards in a pair of second half touchdowns, and the Ravens rallied on Thursday night to win the game. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks, giving the Baltimore Ravens consecutive victories for the first time this season. Now, Brady, on the other hand, finds himself riding a three-game losing streak, and it's the first since 2002. The seven-time Super Bowl champ uh, has ever been on a skid like that. Here's Brady on the struggles of the offense last night in Tampa Bay. You know, I think we've struggled pretty much at everything. You know, we're just struggling red area, struggling third down, struggling run game. Uh, Two-point plays, um, short yardage, mm. backed up, start first quarter, start of the third quarter, not very good offense football. Auntie and Omar, like he was just about to just say everything. You know, they struggled on first down, third down, beginning the quarter, beginning the third quarter. <laughs> but this is the thing, Auntie, right? The game opens up, I believe, Lamar – uh, Jackson and the offense go three and out. The, the defense from Tampa Bay is flying around their hype, right? They punt the ball away. Uh, Jalen Darden, right? One of his own players runs into him. They muff yep. the punt. The Ravens only still score three because the Bucks defense still do their job. Hold them to three. That first drive by Tampa Bay was methodical. Like they had, they did anything they wanted to do. And that's why we always, always try to educate the listeners, right? You got to think about it. When the offense goes out, the first 15 plays are scripted, right? They're already called. They already know what they're going to run. It's what you do after the first 15 plays are done and you have to adjust to the game, the flow of the game, right? That's what makes the top offensive corners or the top defensive corners the best in the game. They can adjust on the run. Right. And one thing I didn't understand, and we talked about this yesterday, Auntie, like they ran the ball the first drive and right. scored. Why the hell they start running the football? Like, again, you got Tom Brady at 45 years old, dropping back and throwing 45 times a game is obviously not the answer. How many losses do you need consecutively to see that, right? When you had your run last year or or even when you had your run toward when you won the Super Bowl, it was playoff Lenny that got you guys going, running the football. And even Rashad White, right? He's been he's been a nice addition to the run game, but they just go away from it. I don't understand what Byron Leftwich is doing. 
again, Tom Brady talked about how they struggled. It's not just him, right? The continuity with him and Mike Evans is clearly not where it was the last two previous years. Chris Godwin actually started off the game really well. Now, Mike Evans finished with over 100 yards, but I think his yak was 25 yards a catch or something like that. I think he only had five catches for like 130. He was averaging like over 20 yards a catch, you know, taking the top off the defense. But there were so many other times in that game where, you know, he thought Brady was throwing the ball one way, he was going another way. Or Brady would go to the left, he would go to the right. The continuity between those two just isn't there. And I I don't understand it because usually when Tom Brady has a number one receiver, they're like in sync, right? And literally, Mike Evans' first year, it felt like they had been playing together for the last four or five years. So, I mean, obviously, we know Tom Brady's dealing with something personally um, off the field, and it's publicly because of who he is. But it's just not Tom Brady, right? It's the offense. It's how predictable the offense is. And then the adjustments. After the first 15 plays, like, I don't know what is going on. Auntie, what do you, but what I mean, do you think but, is going but on? But is it? You know, I mean, he still he still threw for 325 yards. Yeah. yeah he only he only threw one touchdown. And, yeah, we're, we're hard on Tom Brady. Obviously, he's the GOAT, right? But – Let's let's talk about that defense too. I mean, the Buccaneers gave they up twenty four points in the second half, and mm-hmm. you know the Bucks the Bucks scored twelve points in the in the fourth quarter. Didn't score in the in the second or, or the third. And but you're right. I mean, it does look like Mike Evans and and Tom are are on a different different pages, um, different chapters. To be honest, um, and yeah, I mean, I don't think it can be understated that Tom is going through something, and and even in his the press conference when I was just listening to him, he he, he just sounds broken, right? Yeah. He just sounds broken, and he's he's playing like you know any other quarterback, right? That puts up three hundred and twenty five yards. You know, we're like, okay, he playing. He, I mean, he's he's playing. But Tom Brady, we hold him to a different standard, right? Yeah. We hold and a lot of a lot of that was late too, on because I think they did right. go by that down by two scores. So you know they really had to throw the ball in the fourth quarter, right? But, but they were up 10-3. Yeah, know, they were at half, and it got uh, ugly coming out but, of halftime. But there were some, there were some, there were some key injuries, right, to the secondary of the Bucks, and mm-hmm. and you know Carlton Davis out, I think, was big for them, um, yeah. and especially with Shaq Barrett obviously not only yeah. going out but now out for the season for the i year. mean this is a yeah. guy who he's 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 led the bucks in sacks he's had, had over 41 sacks since coming in 2019 and and yeah. so that's a huge blow but yeah i mean the the offense does they 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 didn't play very well and and you know you expect and i think you you all do and we all expect brady to get it together yeah and omar before i go to you auntie you hit on something perfect right there shaq barrett right he was the reason why that defense was playing so well in the first half. And mm-hmm. not just in the pass game, in the run game. He was getting after the, the run game. Mm-hmm. He had a couple tackle for losses, a couple sack. I think he had a sack on Lamar Jackson. Like, he was the heartbeat of that defense. When you usually see a Devin White or Levante David kind of take over that role, mm-hmm. and it was him. And once he got hurt, Auntie, to your point, that defense was a shell of itself, right? Absolutely. You know, Lamar Jackson and them, they came out the second half was like, let's stop being cute, right? We wanted to throw the ball down the field because we knew they had so many injuries in the secondary. Let's be who we are. Let's right. run the field. And off of that, the RPO action where they were catching slants with, you know, an option to run or pass the ball. Lamar Jackson was pinpoint accurate the second half. I stated it on the show yesterday. We knew, we knew that Mark Andrews was kind of beat up. I said, watch out for Isaiah Likely. Sure enough, the Ravens got him back in the mode, right? 80 yards as went over. Yeah. Went, went over uh 70 yards receiving. He was big for them. Right. So I just, I think Greg Roman deserves some kudos for 
how he decided to, you know, stop being cute the first half, trying to throw the ball down the field and was like, right. you know what, this is who we are. We're going to methodically drive the ball down the field. I mean, Auntie, they had like six minute drives, six and a half minute drives. And that is demoralizing when you're a defender and, you know, they get the third down. You can't get off the field. It's third and short. They get a first down. They do that like four more times. It eats away at the clock. So it limits your offensive possessions if you're Tampa Bay. So you talk about getting a rhythm. You can't get in rhythm if you're not on the field, first and foremost, because the other team has the ball. But then also allowing Lamar Jackson to have some easy throws and get in rhythm, I think, was big. Because in that fourth quarter, he almost I think the second half, he almost had a perfect passer rating. I think he was only like point three off from getting a perfect passer rating. Let's go back to my guy, Omar Kelly, before we really dive into the Ravens and, and this win versus the Bucks. When you look at this Tampa Bay offense, right? Again, we talked about it. We know Brady is going through something personally, you know, with the divorce from his wife and him coming out and announcing that today. But it's more than that. What do you think is wrong with this this Bucks team, more specifically this offense? If if you think about all the years, I mean, we, we've got 20 years of a sample size of Tom Brady. When does he struggle the most? Okay. He struggles the most when he's got a weak interior of his offensive line. Well, mm. Or when a team can exploit that offensive line and put pressure up the middle and pressure in his face. Well, that's Tampa Bay. Then what is this, what is Brady's go-to? Well, Gronk has been his go-to for the majority of his career. Gronk is retired. Cameron Brait is, is, is sidelined with an injury. And James um, White. So somebody yeah. out of the backfield that can catch it, yeah. Yeah, and not just that, but the, the running game. The utilization of the slot. Now, certainly they got Chris Goodwin, who he hadn't been able to practice and develop chemistry with for durate long stretches while while he was coming back from that injury. So from a chemistry standpoint, they're just off. Their mm. entire team is off. Their run game is off. The the how you attacked Brady, it's it's weakened. Um, his safety valves don't exist. So this is a this is an evolution, and it's it's forcing Brady to adjust and adapt. And I think that he's struggling to adjust and adapt because he's got so many other things going on. Um, he hasn't figured out that 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 Rubik's cube yet, and it it, it it's it's causing him some issues. Now, is it all on Brady though, y'all? Because no, that's like, what I'm saying. It, it, to me, it's it's more it, than it, that. And but that's, the Bucks that's, only they rushed for 44 yards. Y'all. Yeah, but that's that's We're my next about question. Running game and things. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like they. They rushed 15 times for 44 yards. And, and you know, I think uh, the the Ravens rushed twice that. For 200 235 yards. 235 yards yeah. or whatever. And so I don't think it, I don't think it's all on Brady. And and I think, like I said, you know, I, I come back to the whole, you know, he is the GOAT, right? He's the greatest yeah. quarterback of all time. And so we're putting him, we're putting so much more on his shoulders. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's the, people are, there's some people there that, that you tell on, them. Auntie. I mean, it's his well, fault that they. Well, before you go, Omar, I'm, I'm going to reset because I'm glad that Auntie brought up that point because I'm going to ask a question to each one of y'all. This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my squad, Auntie Chantel Trimeter and Omar Kelly. And Auntie, you brought up a great point. And I've been pounding the table the last three weeks when you look at this Bucks offense. And how they just refuse to run the football, literally, like just refuse to do it, right? So, how much of the blame falls on Byron Leftwich for the struggles of the offense, right? But Leonard Fournette only averaged two point seven yards per. Yeah, carry but you know the running game. game. You got to be consistent with. It. You got to keep. You got to keep at it. When you get two if yards, you know, two yards. Hopefully, you break one for ten yards. Hold on, dudes. If you know and you're going through it in practice, and you see it's not giving you anything, and you go through it during the season, and you see it's not giving you anything, and you why got Tom Brady. Why? Why do? You, why are you wasting time and effort 
on this commitment to the because run. you have to his- you have to commit to the run. That's the issue. They're not coming to the run, and the rest of their offense is predictable because they know everybody knows they're not even trying to run the football. Like you got to at least give the threat that you're going to run the football. And the crazy thing is, we talked about it, Auntie. Right, the first drive they ran the football and scored a touchdown. So how but do it you can't just be too abandon the run? It's not too predictable because half the time Brady didn't even couldn't even predict where Mike Evans was going to be on the, on the field. And that's his own <laughs> teammate, that, right? It's, it's, a predict, it's predictable, unpredictable for them, not for the defense playing it. <laughs> right. But, you know, I, I, I would blame the defense more than I blame the offense for this game. I mean, like I said, Tom Brady's still mm. at 325 yards. And if my running if my running game isn't where it's supposed to be, I'm 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 like Omar. But, you know, I'm not going to force it down anybody's throat. And I have the greatest passer of all time behind yeah. my line. Like, let him throw the ball. But the issue also with them is they stink in the red zone, auntie. They they don't finish the score. That's, That's a Brady perfect thing. example. They got a That's chance. That's not Brady's to- fault, though. Look well, how many nope. look how many holding calls. That but, holding but that's what I'm saying. And they're not. That's why I say it's more than blaming Brady. They're not right. executing on offense in Absolutely. pivotal situations, situational right. football. Right? right. Fourth and three. Uh, Julio Jones comes down with a great catch to even give them the opportunity to go for it on fourth down. Right. Little Fournette jumps offside. The play before that, Caden Auden scores a touchdown. Uh, Smith, the left tackle, gets a holding call. Donovan right. Smith. It gets called Nowhere back. Near the so call. People could say, you know, Brady this, Brady that. It's the execution of the offense as a whole. That's why I was asking, like, even even Todd Bowles, does he get some of the blame for this? That listen, they're doing what bad teams do. When they when Tom Brady joined the Buccaneers, they were an eight and eight team. You just replaced uh, um, James Winston. James with Tom Winston, Brady. Yeah. They're, they're Super Bowl contenders. It was the Brady effect. OK, so now all of a sudden they're back to being a average mediocre team. Where's the Brady effect? There is no Brady effect. Why is there no Brady effect? That's what we have to get to the root of. Is it is it because he's old? Is it because his weaponry doesn't have chemistry? Is it the line lack of protection, lack of ability to run the ball? Or is it the fact that he is distracted? Where mm. is the Brady effect? That's a good point there. Yeah, I think it's a bit of all of it. I think it's a combination of it all. And I mean, yeah. again, they're still right now tied for like, first place, even though that they've struggled the last few weeks. Now, like Giselle the Panthers, said, the Pan- if the Panthers beat no the Falcons this week, Right. They could still be tied for first place in the NFC South. So they still got an opportunity to, to turn yeah, this season they're around. Right in it. They're right. I don't know how they're going to turn it around because it looked so bad. Let's Lamar talk Kelsey about the Ravens real quick because we got to We got to get to break. Right. Lamar had a, a ridiculous second half. I don't know if you guys saw this at the end of the game. Right. There was a fan that had a sign that said pay a pay to man with Lamar Jackson, number eight on it. He drops it down. Lamar sees it, picks it up, signs it and gives it to the man. What do you guys think about that quickly? Because we got to get the break. Ooh, that's that's support right there. You you support the people who support you. And, you know, he Lamar should have held it up. Lamar he did. He did. He held it up. He suddenly held it up. What do you think about that, Auntie? Hey, I said from day one, you should have paid him. And, and yeah. he's going to make you make you realize that uh, for the rest of the season. Hi, everyone. This is Hope Solo, World Cup champion, gold medalist, and the host of my very own podcast, Hope Solo Speaks. Every episode, we discuss what's on my mind. Sports, current events, politics, activism, parenting. Nothing is out of bounds. We'll do some deep thinking, challenge our preconceived notions, and still have plenty of fun. New episodes of Hope Solo Speaks drop every Thursday on the SXM app, included with all of our trials and popular plans, or wherever you get your podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? 
Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. You know every time Auntie is on the mic, we got to play that hootie who give her her producer, yeah. you know, rights and all that. They still it's ain't Halloween, send... new too. It's Halloween. Come oh, up yeah, Halloween. it is Halloween. Have they, have they officially given you a credit for that, Auntie? Did you get they the did. credit for that? Mm-hmm. Okay, I just want to make sure they looked out for you. Oh, there. yeah, they did. Master P yeah. took good care of me, too, so I'm, I'm not complaining. Where the plaque at, Auntie? You know what? I, the plaque is over there on the wall. I love it. I'll, I'll, I love bring, it, it. I'll bring it on. I'll bring it on. I'll say, next time you come you on, you got to have it in the background. Right. I should have it right here. <laughs> yeah, right in the background. But honestly, man, it seemed like the Lakers were listening to us, to our show yesterday with me, you, and Antoine because they're planning to bring Russell Westbrook off the bench tonight against mm-hmm. the Minnesota Timberwolves. Sources told ESPN Adrian Wojnarowski and will continue to feature him in a reserve role for the foreseeable future. Now, Westbrook missed L.A.'s loss to the Denver Nuggets on Wednesday with a left hamstring soreness, but his status was upgraded to probable on Friday morning. Now, coming off the bench will break Westbrook's streak of 1,007 straight starting appearances, which is the third longest active streak in the league, only behind Chris Paul and Auntie's favorite player, LeBron James, according to research by ESPN Stats and Information. Now, Anthony Davis is ruled out tonight with lower back uh, tightness, but even though Anthony Davis won't start, they're still going to bring they're still going to bring uh, Westbrook off the bench. Auntie, how much of an adjustment is this going to be for Westbrook and the Lakers? You know, I, I think that that it's going to be quite. I, I think it'll be a, a big adjustment for the Lakers, obviously. Um, it it doesn't change and it doesn't change the fact that he can't shoot and and the team can't shoot. Um, so I don't know how that miraculously turns around. Uh, you know, he doesn't want to break his streak, obviously, of a, a thousand seven straight starting games. But you know what? If if he plays it right mm. and he does it, you know, 
both team both can win, right? The Lakers can win because you don't have to worry about him starting and, and messing up any um, you know, cohesiveness with LeBron James and and AD, but it also gives Russell the, you know, it gives him the spot to be, you know, I'm a guy. And, and yeah. whether or not he's going against the twos, you know, at this point he's playing like he's a two. And mm. so, you know, he he gotta get out there and, and just start playing. I mean, it can't hurt anything. They're 0-4, right? So yeah. I mean you can't do it. What else? Try something. Well, this is why I asked you to follow up on saying I'll get to you, Omar. Do mm-hmm. you believe Westbrook actually buys into this, given his comments earlier in the year where he felt like he potentially hurt his hamstring because he was coming off the bench? He was like, I didn't know what to do. Do you think he finally like buys into this? Because like me, you and Antoine stated, we think it could be a good thing for the Lakers, but it comes mm-hmm. down to what Westbrook buys into. Yeah, that's bullshit. They're talking about he he hurt his hamstring because he coming off the bench because he you just don't want to come off the bench. You just don't want to come off. It might have hurt your pride a little bit, but that ain't why you hurt your damn hamstring, Russell. So, mm. you know, I, I think that that he at this point he has to buy into it, right? Whether or not he wants to be, he can either buy into it and stay with the Lakers and and try to turn this thing around, or he can buy into it and still play well and try to help his trade value, which is, you know, zero right now. I mean, I know folks are talking about maybe the heat for Kyle Lowry and things like that, but right now who's going to trade for Russell. And, and so, you know, get paid your $47 million, get paid 47 million coming off the bench, which has to be a record and Jimmy Butler. Then it has to be, you know, it has to be, you know, him coming off the bench and be a $47 million six man and and Mm. play your role. I mean, that's an, then he can add that to his mantle as well, too, right, Auntie? Absolutely. Six man MVP. You no, know, well, he ain't got no average triple double. You know, yeah. Omar, what do you think? Do you think you know Westbrook finally buys into this role? And because, like me and Auntie and Antoine Walker were talking about this yesterday, literally, he's the third option. He just has to know that already. I, I mean, I know money wise, he's up there, but he's the third option as far as the scorers on the Lakers team right now. So he has to realize that with that second unit, he gets the green dot, right? They'll probably let him jack up as many shots as he wants with that second okay. unit. Why not really dive into that and embrace that role? I don't know why I haven't thought about this. Auntie just planted a seed. That, Uh-oh. That, Come on, that, seed. That, that I, I don't know if I want it to grow or not. I mean, it, it's... Y- yeah. Oh, I, you we, think we, him we, and Jimmy Butler work? Wait, wait, wait a minute. We got a lot of shooters. That's what we got. Right. We got a lot of shooters. Mm. Give us one. We got we, we got a lot of shooters. We don't have any dogs. Mm. Now the question, Auntie planted the seed, and I'm thinking about Gabe a dog. Who? What? What'd you say? Gabe a dog. He, he the Struis, them guys play defense, man. Yeah, I mean we they undrafted the guys. You know they we know they grind that. We t- we talking about offensive dogs in, in mm. terms of guys that I got you that that can go create their own shot. You know, Kyle. If you want to, isn't take that what Kyle Tyler Hero was all that money for? I mean, you know what Tyler Hero is. It's 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 it's, it's not you know, I I, I, think, I think you kind of talked me into it now. Hey, the Heat looked good the other night. I saw them live against. If, 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 so you, you would take that straight up trade, Lowry for hold on, hold Westbrook, mm, not just Lowry, else. Duncan Robinson and Lowry for Westbrook, right? I mean, I think the Lakers sat- would do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> right. It, it, it satisfies. Probably because if you're looking at the heat, there's something missing right now. There, there's 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 no magic. Missing. Don't don't disrespect my team now. It's I'm early just being season. honest. That they East look, is different. They look this good year. against Portland. I'm telling you, they look they good. Listen, if if 
Lowry and Duncan can satisfy what's missing with the Lakers, and mm-hmm. Westbrook can give the Heat a dog that can play complement with Jimmy Butler well. Because, you know, Westbrook can bring the ball up the floor. Jimmy don't care about none of that. Westbrook can shoot all, all he wants. Jimmy don't care about none of that. And as long as we get to keep Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo, we good. That's actually, I actually like that trade too. I think this, I think this works for both teams. I think y'all heard it here first on I am athlete tonight. Trade proposal for the Miami Heat and the Lakers. I hope that I hope they listening like they listen tonight. So we're gonna see. (laughs) Last night, I mean, I mean, if you're thinking about it, who can get it done except for Pat Riley? Because I'm sure Westbrook is feeling like he's nobody wants him. He's lost in the world. And, mm. you know, Pat Riley has done nothing but resurrect careers throughout his career as an executive. Well, he needs, now, well, now, he needs to resurrect it, Russell. Do you think it's a situation, though, if he brings Russell Westbrook over where he has a conversation like Antoine Walker and says, you know, we want you to come off the bench and be the main scorer because now Tyler Hero is starting, right? That's what you used to get from him. Tyler, Tyler was a six man of the year. Tyler can go back. To he can go back, to the, and, <laughs> he can and go back fact, to the bench. And in fact, Westbrook could be the point guard because we're getting rid of Kyle Lowry. I mean, right. I, I just don't see how Kyle Lowry fits. And, and Duncan Robinson's an auxiliary piece. We don't really need him. But but the Lakers certainly need Duncan Robinson. Somebody and Kyle him. Lowry and, and Kyle Lowry. So. This mm. makes I mean, they got Schroeder coming back, though, Auntie. Yeah, but Schroeder ain't shooting like Kyle Lowry, though. But Kyle Lowry lately has been, I mean, like the last couple of years, been hit or miss. Well, Especially in the playoffs. Well, guess what? Russell Westbrook has proven in the four games with the Lakers, he's been miss or miss. <laughs> miss or miss. So <laughs> we can't get, you can get better than miss or miss. Yeah, I'd I'll tell you on that. I think it makes sense for both teams. I mean, they still got Kendrick Nunn. He could be their backup point right. guard with the Lakers. And Schroeder, Schroeder and, you know, Lowry could probably potentially even be on the court at the same time if you got LeBron and AD out there. Right. And um, Lonnie Walker. And, and then you put Lonnie Walker at, at the mm-hmm. wing. So, I mean, right. I, and you guys are starting to make me a believer of this trade. Yes, go. Duncan Robinson is not needed in Miami, and, and he would definitely benefit the Lakers. He would, I mean, he would, he would get it. all the all the spacing he needs at the three point line because oh, LeBron oh and AD they're gonna they're gonna be able to kick it out to him. He's gonna be wide open. Absolutely, <laughs> he might be a fifty percent shooter out there. <laughs> he's gonna be wide open. Hey, Lakers, Miami Heat, Pat Riley, if you're listening in, make the trade, make it Come happen. On, I think it benefits both teams. Let's go, man. This is I am athlete tonight. I'm your host, Lee Doosable, with my squad, Omar Kelly, and Auntie Chantel Trimeter. And Luca, oh my God, Luca Doncic mm. dominates as the Mavericks beat the Nets in overtime, one twenty nine to one twenty five. Now, even playing on the same court with Kevin Durant, who dropped thirty seven points, Kyrie Irving, who dropped thirty nine, Luca was the star of the night. Auntie, I'm talking about a forty one piece extra crispy, eleven side rebounds, fourteen buttermilk biscuit assists, leading to a triple double. Now. He really stole the show in overtime, right? Three triples in a row following a pull-up jumper to open up the extra session. But it was his pass in the third quarter, Auntie. I'm talking about mm. no look over his head yeah. to Maxi Kleba for a layup. Had the whole crowd going <gasps> crazy. Had me going he was, that too. As Shady would say, crazy work, right? He was giving crazy <laughs> work last night. Now, here is his head coach, Jason Kidd, talking about how, how big Luca was last night for the Mavericks. He really controlled the game and, and, and got who he wanted to guard him. Um, but I thought the trust uh, with his teammates 
Uh, especially that last play with uh, the ability to drive it and get three on the ball and somehow, some way, find Reggie with a wide open Reggie, look to, to yep. win it. And a lot of times you can say, you know, why didn't Lucas shoot it? But it just shows his trust level in his teammates. And um, and then at, after that, to be able to continue to run the plays and trust his teammates to knock down open threes, I think we, we, we made three in a row there in, in overtime. Um, his, his, his maturity, his IQ is so high, and he understands the moment, and uh, he delivered. And Auntie and Omar, I'm so glad Jason Kidd brought that up because that was the play that I vividly remember the most from that game last night. Like, when you're a star player, right, you hear Kobe Bryant talk about it all the time. I don't care who's guarding me. I'm taking the shot. Mm-hmm. But to have the trust in your teammate, Reggie Bullock, right, to drive and kick it to him for an open three to really solidify that game, I think, Auntie, this is a guy that I almost picked for my preseason MVP. The only reason why I didn't pick him, Auntie, because I felt like in the West they would probably be the seventh or sixth seed. And I don't know if you can be the MVP unless you average a triple-double, which he did last night, right? He has the ability to average that like Russell Westbrook did. But I just thought Embiid being runner-up two years in a row, I just thought, you know, the Sixers were probably going to be the four seed that he would most likely get it or the Joker could win three in a row. So I went with Embiid as my preseason, you know, MVP. But good Lord, what Luka has done, Auntie, I mean, is ridiculous. And again, I still think they're one player away, right? Christian Wood coming to the team, I think helps them out a lot. But I still think they're one player away. What do you think, Auntie? I do. Well, first of all, I know this doesn't have anything to do with Luka, but. Is it me or does um, Jason Kidd sound like a deacon reading <laughs> off the church minutes when he talks? Uh, you know. Yes, you know we minute. got Bible study on Tuesday from right. seven to nine. <laughs> this sounds he sounds like a deacon reading off the minutes. But look, I, Luca can play, and, and and I think even for how well he's playing, he's still underrated. Like I, I think people still don't talk about him enough. He definitely has the talent to to be the MVP. You know, I'm with you. I think that that MB, you know, if he plays the way he's playing now and he plays it for the, the rest of the year. You know, him and Joke, like, I mean, I think it's down between those two again. Again, like, right? right. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, I mean, the Nets gave up a lot of points. Yeah, you like, did. We're going to we gonna get, we gonna get into that. We're going to talk about it now. Yeah, the Nets went cold in overtime, going three right. for ten from the field as they lost their second straight night and the fourth time in five games. But let's talk about an incident that happened in the game. Let's talk about this bum that was at the game last night. Now, according to <laughs> NYPD, is a twenty-four-year-old Justin Boatswan threw a cup of ice onto the court during the middle of overtime, which landed in the middle of referee Bill Kennedy, Doncic, and Claxton. Now, mm. the fan tried to run out of the ball of the arena. Don't, no, nah, don't run after you throw something like a coward, right. but was apprehended by security and arrested, according to Barclays Center spokesperson at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Now, as Kevin Durant was trying to sink some of these free throws, that's when he threw this. Now, Doncic spoke and said he was unfazed by it, saying it went through his mind. It didn't, it really didn't go through his mind when it was happening. He really wasn't unfazed by it, but auntie, uh, before we talk about how badly the Nets defense has been, mm-hmm. like, are these like we've had this conversation before about fans and arenas, you know, on in football stadiums at soccer venues? Like, right. what do you think needs to be done when something like this happens? Right. Can, it, does it need to be some type of 
you know, charges brought up. So fans, you know, stop doing things like this because when you're just barring a fan from coming to the arena, it seems like that's not good enough, right? How, how you, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pause. How you gonna stop me from coming to the arena? I could go buy a ticket from a scalpel, walk in. Are you doing a facial recognition? I think they do, I, I think they do facial recognition now. Bullshit. <laughs> but, but Bullshit. Yeah, you know what they need to do? They need to arrest these these dumbasses because you know, at the end of the day, like, yeah, you pay your ticket and you're a fan, but that doesn't entitle you to do exactly. these kind of things. Because, look, let me tell you something. And then you want professional athletes to always act professional and things like mm -mm. that. You throw you throw some ice at me on the street and I'm throwing my hands like Correct. it is what it is. And 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 when these athletes, when you these fans act any old sort of way and then the athletes react, it's oh, this athlete's unprofessional and this crazy, right? I'm like, no, bro. Like you need to have your ass arrested. And like you said, like, don't throw your rocks and hide your hand. Like, yeah. Don't exactly. throw the shit and then try to leave like little punk ass. Like, like mm. I'm serious. you throw some water on me when I was playing in the league. I'm coming in the stands. It is what it it's is. It's going down. It is. It's going down. Oh, Mark Kelly, you know, since you since you were the side with the fan, how are you going right. to stop me from you coming in to buying a ticket from a Dude. scalper? Bro. See, I, I could clearly see that neither one of y'all individuals are used to going to a game as just the general population. No, nah, because we we because professional athletes. We don't need to go exactly. in general population. <laughs> like it, 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 Jim Pop, you, it, it's it, it's about five thousand people trying to walk into one arena at the same time. We going through our metal detector. Ain't nobody got no pictures up from the. I used to be a ticket taker. I ain't looking for nobody. To they put it. Like, they put a chip in you once you get arrested for running onto the court. <laughs> that, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Oh, we're banning you from coming to the ring. That's okay, why I think might... they needed to charge them with some real charges. Like, right. you can't. It's, it's probably not going to be felony charges, but put something on their record, right? So it affects them outside of you know going to sporting events. Yeah, like maybe you banned from going to every NBA game, but but that's what on, they man. say. But like you said, how do you how do you stop that? Or or yeah, I would say or find them a, a significant amount where nobody even dares to do it. Right. Or arrest them. That's what I'm saying. No, arrest them, but then Take find them like the a jail. significant amount. So they yeah, don't even you, think about doing nothing look, like that. Right, <laughs> dude. Like uh, Omar want to talk about Gen Pop. Okay. Put How them in gym pop in jail. Put your ass in gym pop <laughs> until you okay now throw your uh water and your and your ice at, at Big Willie over there. <laughs> you can react. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> End up some being somebody's bitch in jail. Excuse my language. I am athlete tonight. Oh God, this is I am athlete tonight. I'm your host, Lee J. Dudes, but with my squad, Auntie Shantel Tribertair, <laughs> right? And Omar Kelly. Auntie, let's let's get back to this Nets defense. Come on. And three of their four losses. They've given up at least 129 points. Oof. Auntie, where is the defense? <laughs> Look, you talking about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. There's another guy that's there. Simmons. <laughs> you can't you keep filing out. There's in Kevin, Kyrie, and Ben. There is no D in any of their names. <laughs> uh, and so there is no defense being played, and and you know they apparently they think they can outscore everybody, but you know with Ben playing the way he playing, he ain't gonna outscore anybody. You know, shooting air balls from two feet away, layups. But, but they, you know, if they want to, if they want to contend for a championship, dudes and and Omar, they're gonna have to play some defense. At I mean, least. you're gonna have to with with the, with the firepower that's out there in the West, especially. And even with with what's going on in the East, like you got to play defense against Miami. Miami's gonna put up some points. 
you know, and Milwaukee's that's a, and that's put the up thing. Austin. Yeah, that's the thing, Auntie. If you look at it as a whole, most of the West teams are those teams that put up 120, 125 a game. But if you look at the East, it's grimy, right? Right. Boston Celtics, they play defense. The Miami Heat play defense. I mean, the Sixers with Embiid play defense. He's about the only one right. that plays defense. <laughs> but generally, when they had P.J. Tucker and everybody else, they played defense on yeah, that team they... going back to when Jimmy Butler was there. Right. So the yeah, East is yeah. more grimy. Like, you're not going to win games in the East, you know, trying to outscore everybody. We saw what Giannis and them boys did to them, and that's without Chris Middleton, right? right. Chris Middleton wasn't even playing. And Drew Holiday had a off game that game, and Giannis still gave them boys 40-piece extra crispy with mm-hmm. something extra and told Ben Simmons, you too small. Get from down here. You don't want none of these grown man problems. So I get it, Steve, Steve Nash, you know, Dan Tony, you probably came, you know, he came under the tutelage from him. You played with him a lot of years, but defense, man, if we we see it, you got to play some defense. If you want an opportunity to be able to even go to the NFC championship, because the way they're playing right now, and again, it's early, let's put this into perspective. It's still very early in the NBA season, right? but it looks like, the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks have come out swinging early in this season. So, again, you may not care about home court advantage. Some teams do. But if you keep playing like this, you guys are going to be looking sad like y'all did uh, a few years ago when Kevin Durant and, and was out there getting getting smoked by the Boston Celtics. So yep. they better come with it, man. I Am Athlete Tonight is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. Support I Am Athlete tonight with a five-star rating and by leaving a review. That's a big deal, guys. Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five-star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? Catch the full two hours of I Am Athlete tonight, weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA Tonight Trial to start your free trial today. SiriusXM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.